this is Jean Louisa Kelly, and you're listening to Reliving My Youth with Noel Fogelman. And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is the extremely talented Jean Louisa Kelly. She's best known for playing Tia in Uncle Buck and Rowena in Mr. Holland's Opus. She got her start first in Broadway, playing Snow White in Into the Woods. She played Kim on the sitcom Yes Dear and released a few albums, including children's albums. Her latest, For My Folks, Features a collection of standards. We talk about all of that and more. She couldn't be any nicer. And here's my conversation with Gene. And helping me relive my youth today is Gene Louisa Kelly. Gene, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit. But um, I, I only cried in two movies in my life. Uh, the first one is when uh, Spock died in Star Trek Two, <laughs> and um, and and the end of Mr. Holland's Opus. I was twenty years old at the time, and I, I, I can admit that I was bawling in the theater. Uh, how much fun was that movie to make? Oh, that movie was like a gift from the heavens. It really, it just like sort of fell into my lap. And you know, they actually that part was had already been cast with somebody else. And there was a uh, some some kind of scheduling conflict that came up with the actress who was originally playing my part, and they needed to recast it. And it like came in one day. I put myself on tape. The next thing I knew, I was flying out to Oregon where they were already shooting, and I read with Richard Dreyfuss. And then you know a couple weeks later, I was flying back out from New York to film the movie, and doing it was just a delight. I mean, for anyone who, who loves to do musical theater, I mean, we just kind of like love doing musical theater for the sake of doing musical theater, but to do it in a movie at that time, they weren't really doing that during that period of time, and so it was just this amazing experience. I, I, it's a very cherished memory. Yeah, and it was it was such a well-casted movie. I mean, Richard Dreyfuss was phenomenal in that movie. Um, his, oh, he was so great. Yeah, I mean, his, his wife, uh, Glenn Hadley, who just recently passed away, she was fabulous as well. Um, yeah, what do you think uh, Rowena is doing these days? Oh, Rowena has got to be writing a screenplay. You know, she's already made it big. She's a big star, and uh, she's moved on to other things like writing, directing, producing, you know, she keeps evolving, Rowena. Right. So is that why she couldn't, <laughs> is that why she couldn't make it to the farewell concert? <laughs> she couldn't make it to the farewell concert because she was shooting. Actually, we shot that. We shot me coming back. I had these really cool sunglasses. I looked very sh- chic. Right. And um, my, what I heard is that it didn't test well. I think that people didn't feel comfortable with uh, Mr. Holland, you know, having this flame and then having her come back because it doesn't really fit the picture-perfect ending. So that was, that's what I heard. I, don't, I mean, who knows? 
But, yeah, we shot it, and then I didn't make it back, which I was sad. I was sad that I didn't come back, but I, I get it, you know? Yeah. I mean, the movie was perfectly crafted that I think it worked out well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it would have been nice to see you, but it, I mean, it did make sense story-wise. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. So, obviously, you know, you're an amazing singer, and that movie showcased it. Um, did you come from, like, a Thank musical... You. Oh, anytime. Did you come from, like, a musically talented family? Well, we, we are a musical bunch. My mom uh, is a piano teacher, and she taught me to read music, and she was my accompanist as a child. Um, so I, learned, I learned a lot of that music from her, and my father is very musical. He can play the piano. He never took music lessons. He just, you know, figures stuff out by ear, so he can just sing and play. My sister was a very, very accomplished flutist um, all through high school and she she played in college and my brother is a drummer and they're, everyone's pretty musical so um, I just was fortunate enough to be able to make a living at it yeah that's that's great um, the opposite of me is I can't sing to save my life <laughs> I played the violin and <laughs> sax growing up but yeah my, my my son now plays the sax and um, oh cool yeah it's it's not pretty <laughs> it, it's not great <laughs> no I mean I would never tell him that but I mean you know what we'll, we'll do his his uh, holiday concerts and stuff like that you know are, are, are pretty good and you know entertaining but uh, he he doesn't practice and you know that's that's a pain that's a pain you don't practice you can't perform you know it it's hard to make kids practice. And I, my kids play the piano. They, they don't, you know, they're not like crazy piano, you know, pianists. But I make them practice 10, you know, I started out 10 minutes a day. I was right. like, that's all you got to do, 10 minutes a day. And now my son, practice, I make him practice 20. My daughter, she's got like 15. But I force them. I just say it's part of the curriculum because uh, I just feel like nobody ever complained that their mom made them keep going <laughs> like, right you know lots of times you look back and you're like i wish my mom hadn't let me quit yeah. so uh, this is like a hill that i'm dying on <laughs> like you know, i'm dying on the hill and i don't know how much longer it's gonna last but i'm i'm still for it i tell them you know you don't have to become a pianist i just this is part of your music, your education so we'll see where it goes but I think music is such an important, you know, part of our lives, and I, I just want them to have that discipline. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I like he, he's just. I think the the biggest thing with him is just he doesn't like bringing home his instrument. He's just too lazy. He'll leave it in the band room in, in school. Oh uh, yeah, it's hard when they're you know pre teenagers. It's it's rough, man. Yeah, every day is a different uh different battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, um, what were like your earlier? I know you were cast on Broadway at a, in, Into the Woods, but before that, how, how did you um, actually get that role? And how were there any like school plays, any local theater that you did before landing that role? Yes, so it evolved. Um, for me, the very beginning, it started in school. Um, I was fortunate to grow up in a small town in New England where we had a wonderful arts community and um, the teacher, in our, my second grade teacher, loved 
theater, and so we put on a school play, and so that was really my first performance, was I had a solo in the school play, and, um, and then there were um, community, there was community theater in our town, because every year, the high school put on a um, show to raise money for a scholarship, and so I got involved in that, we did The Sound of Music when I was nine, and... I started taking ballet lessons and tap dancing and jazz les- jazz dancing lessons and and then I um, my voice teacher found an audition for Annie and that was the big thing you know in the late seventies early eighties so I auditioned for Annie in summer stock in um, Rhode Island at Theater by the Sea which is an old summer stock theater and I got the part of Annie so that was my first professional show and so we my family moved from Massachusetts to Rhode Island for like about a month and a half and I did Annie and it kind of it went from there I did a couple of productions of Annie in New England and I did some theater in Boston and then I did um I had a I was in a talent contest and the finals were in New York so I went to New York for the finals and I got an agent because the judges of that contest were agents and so having an agent at age 14, I was able to audition for Into the Woods on Broadway. And so my mom, God bless her, drove me down from Massachusetts to New York City. I, ad- I auditioned for Into the Woods, the original Broadway cast, and I was cast in the role of Snow White. And I understudied Little Red Riding Hood and Rapunzel. And so at 15, I found myself living in New York City for the year, doing eight shows a week on Broadway. It's kind of like amazing hard to believe it now looking back at how that went but um it was pretty exciting so that that was one of your goals then to get on broadway and you did it pretty at pretty much at a young age yeah that's the only time i've ever been on broadway. <laughs> that was my my first and hopefully not my last broadway show but it was a good one it's i i love that musical yeah it was great did um when the movie came out, were there any talks of like you kind of uh, auditioning or reprising any of your roles? Oh God! Uh, you know what? I put myself on tape. I recorded myself doing uh, the Baker's Wife, and I sent it in, and I did a good job. But they, uh, you know, it was, it was Emily Blunt. She was amazing. She did an amazing job uh, in the role, and I was I was so happy when I saw it, that um, it was so well cast. So, yeah, I would have loved to have been in the movie, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would have been. A lot of people who were in that show would have loved to have been in the movie, but that's not, you know, that's not the way it goes a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was it, it was a really good movie, though. Yeah, I think they did a good job. Yeah, so then, um, after Into the Woods, you landed the role of Tia was I know that was your first uh, movie but was that your first audition for uh, a motion picture um I don't know if it was my first audition I had auditioned for other stuff um but it was my it was my first movie and it was a culture shock um very different movie making is very different from theater uh, it's a completely different process, and um, 
I was learning it as I was having a really big part. And I was 17 years old, and I, you know, lived. I, we had by that point, my family had moved down to Maryland, and I flew out from Maryland to Chicago. It was shot in uh, right outside of Chicago, where a lot of John Hughes films right. were shot in Evanston. And um, so it was, it was a big learning curve for me. And it was amazing, but it was tough, too, because I didn't really, you know, understand how it all worked. I was homesick part of the time. Um, at that point, I had spent a year away from home doing the show in New York. And then my family moved states in the middle of my high school career. And then I went away again to do this. So it was... You know, it, it was wonderful, but it was also just challenging. I mean, if, you know, if you have kids, you can just imagine all of that change is, even though it's all good stuff, it, it was challenging. So the role of Tia was pretty much tailor-made for you then? It was. It was. It was so funny how that audition came in literally right after we had moved. And I was like, okay, I know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I was not the happiest of campers at that age anyway, you know, right. like the teen years are, I, I hate to say it, but I, I drew on some personal experience. <laughs> yeah. As, as long as you weren't uh, as snarky as you were to John Candy, to your parents, then you would have been okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure that my parents would probably have a few things to say about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, now, speaking of John Candy, uh, like, Unfor- you know, unfortunately not with us anymore, you know, genius. Yeah. Um, how was that experience, uh, you know, working with him and just uh, getting to know him a little bit? You know, he was just a warm, lovely, funny person. He was just the easiest guy in the world to work with. And a lot of the, a lot of the movies he uh, ad-libbed, he and John Hughes would just kind of play Right. Um, and now, having had, I guess it's, you know, it's been 30 years um, almost, it's not, I, I, I didn't know at the time, that's not how it always is. Like, it's not like this improvised, playful thing. And, and there were scenes that I did that we, we improv as well, like the, the bowling alley scene and the, when the guy comes over and he's right. got the toothpick yeah. and he's hitting on me and there was John Hughes is like sitting there off camera saying, now do this and now do this and, you know, and that's just golden, you know, <laughs> that doesn't happen. So I was really blessed to have that experience. Right. And um, what about that line uh, you gave to him about, uh, you would have got married sooner or married at all you wouldn't have been such an asshole <laughs> was that improvised oh i don't think that i wrote that no i that was pure john hughes okay <laughs> uh, that, that's a great line <laughs> it is isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah now, now speaking also of john hughes also someone who's taken way too soon um he's done so many great movies why do you think so many of like his movies have been kind of remade into TV shows that have kind of like failed? Like Uncle Buck was also one of them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's. I think that, you know, they say there are no new ideas. Right. And 
I don't know that any of the premises of the movies is completely um, unique. I think that it's the way that the ideas are executed that has made those movies so prolific. Um, you know, the way that he, you know, wrote the lines, the casting, the way they were shot, all of the talent that went into it to create these, you know, gems, that's really where the artistry is. And so I think that when you take the idea and you want to put it in a different medium, it becomes something different because the medium is different. There's going to be different casting. You have to make accommodations for the storyline. It's not a standalone piece. Right. You've got to keep going. Uh, I think that those are really challenging circumstances. So I never saw, I never saw Uncle Buck, the television show. I never, you know, was asked to be a part of it. And I, I never saw it. I'm curious, you know, I've been asked about it, and I would be curious to see it. Um, but it's tough, you know. I think it's tough, tough to get anything to be successful on the air anyway. So it's, you know, it's a tough business. Yeah, absolutely. Like he had. Um they remade uh, Ferris Bueller as a TV show. They did that. Uh, was oh. It? Yeah, th- I think Jennifer Aniston was in it. She played like the Jennifer Grey role. I th- I oh, did... I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it lasted, I would say, maybe a season if, if it lasted even that long. Uh-huh. Yeah. But... Wow. Gosh, I didn't know that. That's so funny. Yeah, it's probably on like Netflix or like YouTube, I'm sure, so you can probably find it. <laughs> yeah, I want to take a look. Yeah. <laughs> So then after, after that, you decided to kind of walk away a little bit and go to college. How difficult was that yes. decision? You know, I was a little done. I was a little done at that point because um, I wanted to go to my senior year of high school, and I did. And I just finished out, and then I, I, I wasn't sure that I wanted to even do it. And it's not that I had had negative experiences because I had really good experiences, but I felt at the time that I had missed, um, you know, some of your basic uh, growing up, you know, experiences. And so I wanted to go to college um, and not even major in acting or anything. I got a degree in English and um, I just went to, um, I went to school in New York City, but it was good for me to go to school in New York because I felt like okay, if I want to, I can still audition, right. but I'm just going to do college, which is what I did. Um, I auditioned for a couple of things. I did a couple of television movies, but I primarily went to college and was a, quote, normal kid. <laughs> I don't know how normal <laughs> I was. Um, and then after college, I gave myself, I said, if, if I don't get an acting job in three months, I'll use my English degree. And so I, lived, I was living there in the city, and I would, like, write a list of things to do every day, and I would, like, go to the Lincoln Center Library and, like, read plays, and I was mm-hmm. taking an acting class, and I was on a budget and taking ballet lessons. And, and then I got uh, the MCI commercial, which um, was a nice little source of income for a little while. And then... Right after that, I got Mr. Holland's opus. It just sort of fell in my lap, and I said, okay, well, seems like this could work. Yeah, it was... And that's uh, kind of how it began right. after college. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about those commercials because I was I was going to I had a perfect joke, but you kind of stole my thunder there. But I was going to oh, say, sorry, that's okay. <laughs> I was going to say you you ended up you know getting getting a good job with a telephone company after college. Ah, <laughs> very good. Yeah, very good. yeah, right. But uh, yeah, because that that campaign lasted you know kind of pretty long. They had a Joyce Brothers, I think, was involved too. I think she had some commercials as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, I did three of them over a period of a couple of years. Um, I did a couple of commercials in my twenties. I did a couple of voiceovers. So, but then I ended up. Uh, we moved out. I I got a television show, and we moved from New York out to Vancouver to shoot the television show and called Cold Feet. It was on NBC. It was a great little dramedy, and then. Um, one day they called and they said, don't come into work tomorrow, you're canceled. Oh. So we just let my husband and I and my dog, we just drove down the coast in a rental van and settled in L.A. And then he got a job and I got um, a deal with CBS and ended up on Yes Year. So that's kind of how that trajectory went. Right, which... Yes, your lasted six seasons. It was a really fun show. I mean, you know, the, the casting was 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 perfect. Um, how much fun was shooting that show? You know, it was really fun. It, it was a really funny. It, it, the writers were, you know, obviously very talented. Our our cast was a, just hilarious, and we had a lot of laughs on that show. And it's funny because now that I have kids, I get it. I get it more than I did while I was doing it sometimes. Like, I was shooting the breastfeeding episode. I had right. kids. I didn't know. I mean, now, I, I feel like I would, you know, it was luckily, it didn't matter how much I under, you know, how, how much I resonated with it at the time for it to still be funny. But now, if I were doing it, I would completely, I would completely get all of the jokes having lived through parenthood. <laughs> yes, so true. So, as a mom now, do you, are you more of like a, a Kim or someone completely different? Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty Kimish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, not completely, but, and, and, you know, I think less so as the years go by. You And that's what happened with Kim, too. Kim started out really neurotic. Right. And, and the, it all evolved so that I was the Kim was the one who was saying, "Oh my God, will you just relax?" Yeah. To you know Anthony Clark's character Greg. So that's kind of how it went, and and that's that's happened in my life too. You know, as, once you live through one kid, then it's it just you know that everything's temporary, everything changes, everything passes, and so. The two, my two kids have had different parents, you know, in me, just from the amount that I've learned over time. I'm sure that this is a universal trend with parents. Of course, yeah. Parents. Yeah, it's like the second child syndrome, like that episode you guys did. It's it's, it's, it's so true, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. You forgot about that. I got to go back and watch. I got to watch some of those. And, you know, they didn't syndicate all of the seasons. I think it's just like... Well, maybe they syndicated them, but you can't get them on DVD. You can only get, like, the first two seasons, I think, on DVD. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't even know if they're on Netflix or Hulu or not. 
they, they used to be, I think, on uh, TBS, the reruns. They were on TBS. Yeah, I don't think they're anywhere else. Right. I don't know. Maybe they are. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I'm, I'm just remembering it from memory, and then, like, I think Nick and Knight had them on, too, for a little while. Uh-huh. Or, or TV yep. Lent. Yeah, yeah. So, as a rite of passage, I think every actor and act- actress has been on Law & Order, and you're, you're not any different. Um, do you remember your episode? <laughs> I do. Coral Galvin. I played Coral Galvin, and... You were trying to steal, like, some eggs, that. right? Yes, I was the... I was the second wife, and I, I married this guy, and the guy's first wife, and he had frozen some embryos, and I think that I wanted the embryos to be mine, the frozen embryos, uh, and there was like this big battle, and uh, yeah, I just remember saying about how it was for the good of the child, and I was so ice cold. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, you just That's wanted... Right. You just wanted the inheritance, correct? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it must be fun playing, like, those kind of evil parts compared to, like, playing, like, Kim or, like, in the goody two-shoes roles. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, I had a, I did a role about, oh, maybe, like, seven or eight years ago where I played a woman who abducted a pregnant girl... <laughs> And held her chained in a room. My my goal was to keep her chained in the room until she delivered the baby, and then I would steal the baby, and she and I would kill her. <laughs> and um, it was so fun. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was like you know, like a movie of the week. But um, it was so fun. <laughs> I love I love playing crazy people like. Crazy and evil. Right. It sounds like a Lifetime movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it, it ended up on Lifetime. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Then, then my wife has probably seen it. <laughs> Maternal Obsession. Okay. Maternal Obsession. Oh, yeah. Oh, that totally sounds like a That's Lifetime movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, it's fun. Yeah. There, there's like, I think, like four or five different Lifetime movie channels now, and it's 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 funny. They're, it's ridiculous, but it's some of those are entertaining. My wife makes me watch them sometimes. Oh yeah, they're very juicy. Yeah. <laughs> now, now recently, um, you released a couple albums, which long overdue, if you ask me. Uh, you Thank just, you. Yeah, your full length one for my folks just came out uh, last October. A bunch of like mm-hmm. covers, uh, fabulous. Um, a, what took you so long? And B, how did you <laughs> decide on those songs? <laughs> um. Well. The, that album, uh, the inspiration behind that album was I wanted to create something as sort of a gift to my parents. And so I just met, met with, and I hadn't done, I hadn't done something in a while. I had released a couple of albums of, um, you know, original, uh, original songs that I had written right uh and and sung but i hadn't done the old standards and for years people have you know written into the website and said where you know where can we get someone to watch over me because they didn't use that that wasn't on the album that wasn't on the soundtrack for mr holland's opus there's a saying old says that love is blind 
Still we're often told, seek and ye shall find. So I'm going to seek a certain lad I've had in mind. Looking everywhere, haven't found him yet. He's the big affair I cannot forget. Only man I ever think of with regret. I'd like to add his initial to my monogram. Tell me where is the shepherd for this? Lost land. There's a somebody I'm longing to see. I hope that he turns out to be someone to. And I wanted to do stuff that 
I knew my parents would love. I even asked my dad. He didn't know I was doing this, but right. I asked him like what a couple of his um, like favorite was... songs were. Right. I, I told him I was doing an album, but I didn't tell him it was for him. Oh, okay. And I certainly didn't tell him that he was on the album because I had this recording of him singing um, As Time Goes By and uh, from my iPhone. And so okay. then we managed to like take that and put it into the track. So it's really a duet now on the on the album, which is really special, and I think he was really shocked and, and thrilled. You must remember this, a kiss is still a kiss, a sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things apply as time goes by, and when two lovers go, they still say I love you. You can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love songs Never out of date Hearts full of passion Jealousy and hate Woman needs man And man must have his mate Then no it's still the same old story A fight for love and glory A case of do or die No matter what the future brings As time goes by I was actually going to ask you like who the recording was on on that song, but yeah, that's it. that's my dad. Yeah, now like I'm sure like you said his reaction was shock was shocking. What, what what about your mom? Oh, they were both blown away. As a matter of fact, we um, we did a release party, which I've never done. I've never okay. done that, and I was very nervous about doing that, putting together a performance, and but. We did um, at a, there's a great um, supper club here in L.A. called, um, uh, it's Sterling's Upstairs at the Federal Bar, and it's, they have great, um, great acts there, and I had, I had performed in ca different cabarets there before, and I talked to Michael Sterling, who's the producer, and he said he'd love to, to do my release party, and so he really helped me put that together, and then I invited my parents to come out. My sister came out too, and 
and my brother who lives out here came and and like all my friends came and we had this wonderful evening and my parents had never heard any of it before and they were just they were overwhelmed with emotion and it was really a wonderful very special night for me that's great that's awesome have you thought about actually like you know going on on the road performing a little bit no i got kids right yeah. <laughs> actually that'd be a vacation <laughs> Yeah. I got a soccer game at three that I'm heading over to, <laughs> you know, this is what it is right now. And that's really, that's one of the reasons I, I really got into recording is it's something that I could do creatively while my kids are at school. I can make my own hours. I, I control the process. Right. And um, it's so, you know, I've worked, I've worked over, you know, the last few years, you know, periodically I did it. Did a couple episodes of The Fosters. I did um, uh, Wisdom of the Crowd. Just a couple of different things. I did a couple of. That's just in the past few months. And you're working like it's till four in the morning. Sometimes you never know what time you're gonna have to be there the next day or when you're gonna be done. Right. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of running the show at my house. So it's. It's great because I, I work a little bit and then I appreciate that I can work sometimes and that I can be with my kids sometimes. It's it's nice to have a balance and that's really what I've had. Yeah, that's that's great. You know, it's 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 so true that finding a balance is really difficult and glad you found one. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. So speaking of kids, uh, a few years ago released it's a wonderful children's album, Color of Your Heart. Uh, all original songs. Thank you. Yeah. How um, was that just based on experiences you had with your kids or just like ideas you've had? Yes, that, that really came directly out of my experiences raising my kids. The first song that I wrote was Worry About Yourself. Another day, another dinner. I don't like peace, I'm getting thinner. And you, you're watching and pushing and prying till I'm through and I'm dying to say to you, oh, worry about yourself, worry about yourself, every time I try to do stuff you're always watching and I've had enough I'm trying to live my life in peace and quiet and you're crying about the lack of broccoli
than the kids actually <laughs> yeah probably it both you know, both could benefit and you know we're all really children inside and you yeah, know so true like we never really grow up <laughs> no nor, nor should we you know <laughs> yeah now um final question have you ever made your kids the uncle buck giant pancake oh god no <laughs> <laughs> Did, 
did they throw it out after, or did they serve it to the crew or anybody? I don't know. I bet somebody ate some. Right. I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure there were some bets going on there who couldn't eat the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if, um, if fans want to pick up your CDs or find you on social media, how can they do that? Oh, thank you. Um, I'm on iTunes. I'm on Spotify. It's really, um, I've distributed all of the music through uh, these digital online distribution platforms. So you can really find it anywhere. But I would go to iTunes or Spotify. And if anyone wants a physical CD, I do have physical CDs of um, my latest album, which has all the old standards for my folks. And Color of Your Heart, which is a children's album. And it has all of the words, which is fun for the kids. Um, and all of those are available on my website, which is www.jeanlouisakelly.com. Um, Jean um, and also, I think you can, you can get them on Amazon as well. Jean, okay. thank you for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it, and best of luck with the album. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. And a special thanks to Jean for joining us today. You can check out her website, Jean Louisa Kelly. You can follow her on Twitter at Jean Louisa Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at the first Noel 19 Be sure to like the page for Living My Youth on Facebook. You can go to iTunes and check out all the past episodes we've had. And while you're there, please rate and review the show. Special thanks to everyone who's listening. I can't do it without you guys. And be on the lookout for another episode of Reliving My Youth real soon.